out more devices. Oh, yeah. It's that time of year. Beta summer's over. That means we finally get some new devices. It's the fall. Fall. The devices are falling. Uh, Okay, I'm bad at this. We got new devices. (laughs) The devices are falling. Wow. That that is that is uh, that's amazing. I really I really, really like this. Yes. Don't push it. We got Surface Duo 2, which Duo 2 does that bother anyone else anyway it's it's a gorgeous device we need to talk about it james because it was a microsoft event and we love talking apple events i love talking apple events but sometimes microsoft releases some good hardware and we got to give some props and talk about it yeah i'm super jazzed i you know there's things that i know there's things that i don't know about obviously (laughs) um but i'm i'm Super duper, super duper impressed by all the crazy stuff that that Microsoft announced. Now we're recording on the 22nd. So obviously, you know, we're a few days late, dollar short. But at the same time, there's a whole lot of hardware that happened. And it's always fun when, you know, we're not only getting laptops, we're also getting phones. We're also getting um, new pens. We're also getting uh, this really cool service adaptive accessibility kit, which is really cool mm-hmm. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you want to talk about? The event was really well produced, really well done. Panos is being yeah. Panos showing off cool stuff. Well, that's where we always start. We got to give a review of the media presentation, you know, mm-hmm. abstract a content. Um, what was the gentleman's name? Pane? Panos. He- Panos. He was fantastic. He was ringleader number one. I, I could have watched him all day. It was only a 45 minute event. But he he really stole the show there, and it was really great having him uh, walk everything through. What's his position? I missed I missed his introduction. I guess <laughs> uh, Panos Panay is his last name. So, so you're Panos. Panos. Uh, Panos is the chief product officer for Windows and devices at Microsoft. That sounds like a big title. Okay. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) He was great. Uh, I want to talk about the Surface Duo 2 because it reminds me a lot of the old Microsoft Courier thing, and it made me actually think a lot about iOS 15. See, I can always bring it back to Apple. If I just try hard enough, I can, and I'll make that make sense later. Uh, But I'm a little nervous because... Honestly, I don't have much experience with the Surface Duo 1. So I'm Mm. sure a lot of the things that I find striking, people are going to be like, Frank, it's been around forever. Just go get a Duo. Uh, But I I just want to talk about it because it's a really cool device. It's a dual screen device. And I have just been begging Apple to do this for for a while. Uh, For my iPhone, I just want a screen. On both sides of the phone, I don't. I don't think it's a big ask. Why? Why not a phone with two screens? It's, sure. it's not that big. But really, um, the last couple of years, I just I haven't even bought a new iPhone. Just well, the 11 Pro is the perfect iPhone ever created. So I just haven't seen any reason to upgrade from it. And then Microsoft comes walking in with a Surface Duo 2 with its flippiness and with, you know, video playing on one side and scrolling through the web on the other side. And yeah, you can do side-by-side apps on the iPad, but I don't know why that physical distinction just helps my OCD brain. You know, I don't like arranging windows on a desktop. It's why I'm able to use a laptop very well because I do everything full screen, not literally full screen, but, you know, pretty much full screen. I hate organizing windows. It's just not something I like. So the idea of the separate screens that are creating their own distinct workspaces, I just love that kind of organizational thing. I like that it folds into a little like pocket Percy thing. It's really cute. And I think it got 
smaller. I don't know. It, it still looks a little big to me. What do you think? Do you, do you love the duo as much as I do? And it's all just hypothetical in my head because I don't know. Well, I'm uh, holding the Surface Duo <sighs> 1 in my hand okay. currently. Uh, I do not have a Surface Duo 2. I Obviously, I did not get that. But this is an, I have an early, uh, a near final prototype of the first mm. one. It's indistinguishable. It's running the latest software. So it's not like running anything crazy. Cool. Uh, you know, I uh, have really just gotten my hands on it uh, recently because it was, it was locked away in my office for a long time. And I... <laughs> Escaped from it. And two weeks ago or so, Craig, who's on the Service Duo team, we know Craig Dunn, uh, he's on the Service Duo team um, for developers. And he came onto my live stream and we added dual screen to support to my My Cadence application. And that was really fun because it was really easy to do. And we got to talk a lot about a, a lot of features that were coming out, uh, have come out, and what developers think and how Microsoft sees the device. Uh, I really like it. I, I I do think that it's like a real big productivity tool. And Microsoft here in the Surface event showed off a lot of what you're talking about, the side-by-side um, screen. I liked what they were talking about with, um, for example, Teams calls, where you have the presentation on one side that someone's maybe sharing a PowerPoint. On the right-hand side, you see everyone's faces. Uh, they also talked about, you know, you can take notes on it, you can scribble on it, but you still have the full meeting going on. You can drag and drop stuff or, you know, a good example is you just have, you know, on your emails, you have all of your lists on the left hand side, full, full, not, not small. And then you have all the email on the, the right hand side. Uh, and I think more than anything, the duo and the duo two also for Xbox gaming with uh, X cloud, you can use it <laughs> as a full game controller and play the full game which is pretty bananas. But honestly, the biggest thing for the Service Duo 2 is that one, the design has been super refined here. And I'm going to talk about this heavily, but they I like the black color. Ooh, I'm just in love mm. with it because I have a white here. But they rounded the corners more. They get the screens more edge to edge. Um, and two big wins um, that we can talk about. One is the cameras, and the other one right. is that just like the new Apple Watch, the Service Duo 2 rounds those corners and then microsoft did really cool things which is put information on the hinge on that thing yeah which is mind-blowing i kind of love it i love it it's such a good little trick thing so yeah we were talking about um the galaxy edge i guess was kind of the first one to do it where you round out that corner but no one was doing anything interesting (laughs) with that rounded out corner this is the first time i saw they were putting like notification overviews basically so if you know you have some messages sitting there some mail sitting there teams i'm i would never put a teams notification on my phone but sure microsoft sure sure, i'll put that there and they're color coded and you can see it from the edge i i love passive uis like that one of my um most favorite old-fashioned phones had a little oled screen on the outside remember when they used to put two screens on phones back in whatever times oh yeah and i I, I used to love those passive things, and it was a real loss that the iPhone didn't get it. In fact, I love them so much that when the Apple Watch came out that has the always-on screen, I got it because of that. 
what Apple doesn't tell you in the always on screen is it's always on, but blurry and doesn't tell you anything. It's the most useless always on screen. Mm. So at least in this case, the always on is providing something and hopefully it's not like killing your battery or anything like that. It's a really clever feature. I did have to laugh a little at the video. I have to take my little petty little shots here. They're like, Oh, and they're color coded. And then they had two of them come up with the identical color. Oh, that's not color coded Microsoft. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, those are super cool. So, wh- what was it about these rounded corners? I like rounded corners. Well, I, I think that the the corners are even more just rounded and just more edge to edge. The actual screens they're a little bit bigger. But to okay. me, I just thought it was really cool that they, like you were saying, they go under, they show you notifications, and to me, that was just a really nice touch. I thought overall because yeah. when you on the Surface Duo today, when you close it, there's nothing on the front or on the back, right? There's not, when you're on your iPhone, you can turn it on, you can click on it, you can see the time, you can see a bunch of information. And I just thought it was clever that they use that area as a little display since there, there are no other displays on <laughs> on the Duo, right? So they use these yeah. little hinges, which again, I love these hinges. And there's a distinction that, you know, there's it's it's a foldable dual screen device and other devices out there are foldable, but not dual screen. And it's a distinct difference. Like there is a gap in the middle and developers need to kind of account for that. And the OS does some stuff, but it gives you that real estate where those hinges are really nice. I just love the hinge. It feels really good. They're very firm. They, it really stays put. And yeah, they did. I thought they made use of that real estate. And then, you know, the other biggest part to me is, is that camera system is they, Oh yeah. They, the, the, the first Surface Duo does not have a camera on the back. There's only one camera, selfie camera. And um, that was what it got dinged on originally, but it, it wasn't what it was trying to be. But now with this puppy, it seems like it's really going all out premium device. I mean, it starts at $1,500, so no joke. Um, but Oh, you, you, you jumped to the end there. I was about to ask you how much this thing is going for because I, I was thinking about pre-ordering it. I'll admit <laughs> it looked like a really sexy device. I wanted one, uh, but I couldn't figure out how to pre-order it. So now you ruined it. You told me how expensive it is. Sorry. <laughs> so I'll, I'll think about it. Um, I, I do want to talk about the cameras, but I have to go back to the hinge real quick. Just sorry, just as a neophyte. Mm-hmm. Um, it does allow the phone to flip into kind of closed mode and screens on both sides mode. It's a full hinge you can flip it either way is that correct okay yeah it's it's a 360 all the way around i mean that gives me what i want it gives me my two screen phone it's gonna be thicker obviously than what i want but yes oh okay what a nice device (laughs) i wish i was shopping for a new phone okay so how many cameras this thing have because i saw at least two or three lenses on the back and it has a bump now i'm assuming the old one didn't have a bump no bump yeah no yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, this is where competition between Microsoft and Apple is great because Apple keeps promoting their wonderful lenses and cameras they keep putting on their phones, which, you know, they really are wonderful. So it's good to see Microsoft having to keep pace. And I'm really hoping that (laughs) this one's going to scare Apple because they're going to see that, you know, there are some form factors out there that are good. Yeah, this one, it has the so triple lens system, of course, a selfie on the front. But the triple lens system, it has the the wide angle. It has the all the basically all the things, um, and it can shoot 4K video across two screens. But I think the demo that I saw that really won me over is that they they took a photo, they opened it up, and they took photos. And as you were taking photos, 
it showed you an instant preview on the left hand side where today it goes down on the bottom. You know, you take a picture, uh-huh. you go to the bottom, you click on a thing, goes over here. But you, know, you see the photo as soon as you take it. Um, whereas, yeah, this thing has what's, let me see the cameras on here. So triple lens system. I'm curious uh, if it's a uh, ultra wide. A- Apple's been putting the ultra wides on lately. So wide, wide, wide is kind of funny. Yeah, wide, okay, ultra wide, wide, ultra wide, and a telephoto. Darn that that that's cool. That's great. I you know when we went to telephoto as our second lens in the industry, and I always thought that was neat. But like, okay, I'm zooming into something. I don't really need to zoom in. It's that ultra wide that's the game changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That enables like cool video conferencing stuff. That enables uh, video uh, kind of like movie modes. I'm especially interested in ultra wide because I love robotics. And ultra wide is what you need if you want a robot to see the environment. So I, every time I'm just like waiting for all these phones that'll have ultra wide cameras to get cheap so I can start throwing them on robots. Oh, it's so exciting time. Yeah, my favorite part is that everything actually, uh, when I'm looking at the tech specs on the website, everything is, uh, it's like for all the sensors, like dual accelerometer, dual gyroscope, (laughs) dual ambient light sensor, because there's like two of them. So Um, they glue two phones together is what you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, the the hinge is tiny, like there's obviously a ribbon communicating between them. Yeah, it's there's, you know, it's, it's in there. It's got one thumb thumbprint um sensor good. so that's it so yeah yeah good now um remind me this is windows arm windows 10 running on arm or is this somehow an intel processor no this is android dude oh it's android james i see i see your tricks microsoft okay so we have android apps running on windows and now we have I I guess I can't call it a Windows device. We have Surface devices running Android. Oh, the world is just too confusing for me. I see now. So my next follow-up question you just answered, but I'm still going to ask it because I asked on Twitter and no one would answer me. No chance of getting Visual Studio to run on here then, is there? Uh, You could use code spaces. (laughs) Ah, good point. Good point. So Visual Studio code (laughs) can run on there. Okay. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. So so Uh, that that was the biggest thing, right? Is because... Um, when the duo launched, it was, you know, the first device that, um, Microsoft put out that ran Android. And, you know, then the other thing that they showed there too, is there's this app on windows called my phone. And what that enables you to do is get notifications and messages and photos and interact with apps and things on your, my phone. I think what they showed today was that you can like drag and drop stuff and do a bunch of other interactions on the, my phone app on it. I, I don't know what all they put on it, but they showed a bunch of new features basically with Windows 11 where that kind of comes to life. So it doesn't seem to be on the marketing page for it. But that was another thing too, is that Windows 11 and Android devices play really nice together. And then obviously Windows 11, you're going to be able to run Android apps on Windows 11, like you said too. So there's this ecosystem yeah. uh, spurring over there. <laughs> yeah, I totally misspoke. I think I said Windows 10. I meant to say Windows 11. Uh, yeah, 
I'm excited for this. You you mentioned the magic words drag and drop there. <laughs> so we, we have to do a little technical deep dive right now. I have to pick your brain a little bit because okay. that is the uh, thing that I was going to use as my crossover to iOS 15 because something that happened on the iPhone with iOS 15 is the iPhone got drag and drop between apps, yeah. which used yeah, which used to just be an iPad feature. And because it was just an iPad feature, absolutely no one implemented it. <laughs> it just yep. it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so I think now that the phones support drag and drop, uh, we mobile app developers are yet again going to have to up our game to support random technologies, including drag and drop. Uh, speaking for myself, I have not done a good job of implementing drag and drop in my apps. I do have a few, like the circuit apps, it's a little bit obvious, like elements should be able to drag in and out of the apps and across windows and things like that. But I designed those apps in such early days, long before even uh, iOS had drag and drop, that I have like my own systems in there and everything. So this is all my long-winded way of saying I need to update upgrade my drag and drop game here because a ios 15 is doing it so i have to do that but it was a major feature in this duo at least in the demos of dragon content between those two screens and obviously people are going to want to do that the moment you split the content you're going to want to merge the content that's just how it works so and drag and drop seems to be the user interface metaphor used for that so all my questions begin here are they doing uh android drag and drop or is that a part of the dual screen support for the device the drag and drop support that's a good question i think it's Built, I mean, that's how uh, drag and drop between applications is a feature of Android all up, just like Windows. Yeah. Like, they're they have some similarities there, so I think that that is just um, a feature of it. Now, there are some like a dual screen SDK, um, but I, I don't know exactly. There, like, obviously, like, there's things like detect the hinges and different mm. things like that that are built in, but you know, the, the duo team I think works really, really close with the Google and they like pack things into Android and other things like that. So I'm not exactly sure how much is, um, specialty stuff, but of course, like this has its own launcher and things like that. So definitely Microsoft could be adding some stuff and Samsung does that too. They add special stuff that just improves the APIs that are built in. So developers don't have to do anything, but there are things that developers have to do, like add drop and drag and drop to their apps. So even in Xamarin forms and Don Maui, there is a drag and drop, um, API and it uses mm-hmm. the native API. So for example, if you were using Xamarin forms and added drag and drop to an element, it would light up in iOS 15 or on an, on your, on your duo or things like that, or just Android in general. Okay. So I definitely have to up, update my <laughs> drag and drop game. I think we're going to have to do a whole episode on it. I know we did a drag and drop episode, but I mm. personally need a refresher. So I need to do some homework and we should do an episode just on drag and drop because it's becoming pretty important. It was important in iPad. And especially when you're like bringing your iPad stuff over to Mac or something and through Catalyst, yep. you, you expect a desktop app su- to support drag and drop. So it's becoming one of those things <laughs> we all have to make sure we implement. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail us too much. I just noticed that, you know, it was a big part of the presentation, especially going between those two screens. Now, does the Duo also have a pen or was that the uh, Surface Book? No, it totally has a pen now, which is super cool. Yeah, there's a pen. Uh, I don't know if it ships with it uh, in general, but 
Yeah, it has these. What do they call the screens? Dual Sense or something like that? Or oh, they some... had a great name. They're like Pixel Sense Ultra <laughs> Maximum. <laughs> That's what it is, Pixel Sense. So these are Pixel Sense screens, and actually, the cool part about it is that the um, the the little uh, pencil snaps on right to the 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 Surface Duo, so you can just write on it and take it with you with magnets which is really cool. So what they showed in the demo was, oh, I'm in a Teams call. Of course, there's a lot of Teams in here and I use Teams every day. But uh, there's like a whiteboard session or you can imagine drawing on a PowerPoint. You just like pull out the pen and then bingo, bango, you're good to go. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, and they've learned the lesson that these pens really have to integrate into the device. I think Microsoft has actually been pretty good about this, but they were definitely taking shots at Apple. I think they said, oh. like, you can actually find your pencil, you know, <laughs> things like that. I'm like, okay, okay. And they're like, and it's actually charged. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. My pencil's always dead. Yeah, yeah, you got me, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> but, was yeah. Th- that was good for the Surface, uh, the Surface uh, Pro. Uh, I yeah. thought that there was some genius um, marketing and <laughs> phrases there. I thought that was so good. Just, just in general, I was like, "Wow, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. That's where you would put the pen." <laughs> what you wouldn't dangle it off, sticking out from one end while it's charging? Oh no, I'm sorry, you can't charge when the pencil's connected. Yeah. Also, I'm talking about old, old tech. Obviously, they've improved yeah. it with the iPad Pro. Anyway, <laughs> am I forgetting anything from the Duo? Because I kind of want to talk about the laptop now yeah let's do it so there's well there's which one there's a there's a surf the surface laptop studio and then there is a surface uh pro x pro oh boy oh surface pro x1 there's a surface go 3 (laughs) as well Uh, i want to talk about the cool one that almost looks like a surface go attached to a laptop because it's i think that's the studio because you can actually pull the screen towards you and a little kickstand comes out like on the yeah so which one is that let's okay that's the laptop studio let's do a quick uh quick because the other ones are good right so there's a there's a surface pro 8 now that is the one that's a detachable two in one uh, that comes with a uh, 120 hertz, 13 uh, inch display, Thunderbolt four. Um, nice. That one has, that one has the, I think that one has the the pen hidden pouch. Is that the thing? No, that's the new one. Um, <laughs> and then so that's that, right? So there's there's this there's there's that one in there. So that's more okay. Service Pro. Okay. And help me again. Is that Android or Windows 10? Armor Intel. Okay. 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 Or so, Windows 11 now, because they kept saying these are Windows 11 devices, aren't they? Everything is Windows 11. That is correct. Awesome. So, cool. Surface Duo, Frank. This has a Snapdragon 888. That is a ARM64, an ARM64-based device running Android. Everything else. No, not everything. But <laughs> the, the the Surface devices the are, are... Okay. Dang it. Okay. It's a little complicated. The you Surface Pro, Surface Pro X86, the Surface Go, which is an adorable device that I mm-hmm. have the first one of, X86, okay. the Surface Pro X, ARM-based Windows. Wow. Right. Okay. Yep. Now, the Surface Laptop Studio <laughs> is, I think it's an X86 device. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it sounds like we have 
three Intel devices and two ARM devices. <laughs> one laptop ARM, one awesome Surface Duo ARM, and a bunch of Intels. Yes. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, the Go, we don't need to say anything about the Go or that it's adorable and wonderful. I have one also. It's, believe it or not, my main Windows development machine, <laughs> which I don't recommend. It's actually not the greatest, at least my version. I, I think I have probably a pretty old one at this point. But uh, I would probably get the studio <laughs> for, for a developer. Laptop studio. Yes, because there is laptop a studio. Surface laptop. But this is the Surface Laptop Studio. Okay. Studio. 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 And what do you get for that studio? You get that cool transforming thing that uh, Microsoft has had on their tablets, gosh, since 2004, where you can actually lay down the monitor and it acts kind of like a tablet. But my biggest thing that I love about that studio, laptop studio, lap studio, laptop, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to get it right, is they got rid of that hinge the hinge that I hated on the Surface, uh, the previous Surface laptop. The previous one had, it was probably a clever hinge, but it never looked like it fully closed. It kind of just curled over and it always kind of bothered me. I was always a little bit afraid of it, but they really done crazy things with this current hinge where it goes up into laptop mode, all normal like, and then you can pull it forward for crazy movie watching mode. I don't know what that's for other than I am getting old and I appreciate Mm -hmm. being able to pull things closer to me. So I actually really love that feature. And then you can fold it a second or third time and lay it down flat. And I just thought that's nice because honestly, laptops feel pretty old fashioned if all they can do is swivel that monitor up and down. So I really appreciated their hinge design here. And I'm not, I don't know, it sounds so silly saying I really like their hinge design there. (laughs) But it's true. Like, um, I love my iPad because it's easy to carry around. It's light, it it fits into my arm. And when I'm using a laptop, it just feels kind of old and fuddy-duddy, especially a Mac laptop because they haven't changed in 8,000 years. So I'm I'm here for this hinge innovation. Yeah, this device is not only, I mean, because the thing is, it looks like a laptop in general, but then you're right, it transforms. Now there is something called a Surface Studio, and that's more like an iMac but even bigger and it lays down, it does crazy things that's, that's in that vein. It's huge. Um, and that's more for like designers or, you know, that has all these other things on it. Now you're right. The crazy part about this is that it is a powerhouse, right? It is running 11th gen, um, mm-hmm. quad core Intel, uh, CPUs. It is also, um, up to 32 gigs of Ram, uh, obviously, which is very, very nice. And then the GPU is a um a is a GeForce TI three thousand series. Let me let me confirm. Hold on, GPU graphics. I'm typing <laughs> it in here. Graphics. It is a so by default on the i five model, which you shouldn't get, but you should probably just get the i seven model. But it has <laughs> the, no, that has the Iris X graphics from Intel. But the i seven right. models have a GeForce GTX thirty fifty Ti gpu with four gigs of gddr gddr6 gpu memory which is Mm. bananas um yeah and this is nice because it also has a thunderbolt 4 it has a headphone jack which is kind of crazy and then the (laughs) surface connector dot um on it too but you know it has wi-fi 6 it has the latest bluetooth it has a 1080p front resolution facing camera with windows hello technology it has dual far field studio microphones it has 
Dolby Atmos speakers built into it. It has a gyro. It has an accelerometer, ambient light sensors. It has, um, you know, this beautiful 14.4 inch pixel sense uh, technology, right, with the pen that folds and tucks in underneath it. So it's, you know, charging while you go with the magnets. Um, super duper nice. And it's under four pounds. But it, it is a stunning device. And you're right. I think to me, I am not, I see, I'm not a, I like my Surface Go, but I also don't, I'm not a big fan of flappy keyboards. And on the, on the <laughs> iPad, not a fan. On the Surface, you know, um, uh, Go, Go, it's fine. But here's the, I like a real keyboard. And this gives me the flexibility to be a laptop or be a, 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 a tablet or be this sort of, what are you, a theater mode edition, which is like, I'm going to watch Netflix and it's, you know, I'm not going to accidentally type on the keyboard when <laughs> I you know do stuff and I have the full touch screen on me. So it is a uh, pretty fantastical. Yeah. And Scott Hanselman got to show it off. So who doesn't always love that part of the show? And Scott Hanselman was in the coolest workshop ever. I was so jealous of whatever workshop. If that's Scott's, I'm going to be doubly jealous. Oh, he had beautiful drawers, beautiful cabinetry. All the drawers were labeled. I was reading the labels. Oh, what a beautiful lab. Okay, back to the computer. <laughs> that uh, I have no idea what a 3050 is, a RTX, well, whatever they called it. I know I just spent an ungodly amount of money for a 3080, 3090. Nope, I got the 3090. <laughs> oh, gosh, now I don't even know what I got. Anyway, I paid way too much money for it. So it's kind of funny thinking that they're trying to put what was basically a desktop class processor in it, what, maybe three or four years ago into a laptop. So that is kind of insane. I'm curious about how the switching from the uh, internal embedded GPU and the external GPU. I wonder if they do any of that clever switching because I know Mac does that a lot where they try to run mm. some software on the internal one to save power and then uh, yeah, use the GPU for other stuff. Do you know uh, how Windows handles all that like from an app developer point of view or from an OS point of view? I don't know. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. To be honest with you, I, I'd have to try it out to tell you. Yeah, I think the 3050, it, it is a laptop GPU, but I don't know sure. like where that ranks as far as the desktop GPU. But you know, the base of this machine is is thicker than like the like a MacBook Air or something like this. Uh, it's probably more comparable to like a MacBook Pro, maybe even a little bit thicker. But because of the transformability, I'd have to look at the height on it and compare side by side, but it is very nice. I just also like the three by two aspect ratio. I think that's a great mm -hmm. rate ratio. It's my favorite ratio, Apple. Hello. <laughs> it's so good. It makes three more sense. Two, huh? okay. Resolution 2400 by 1600. It makes logical sense. It makes on a laptop 1920 by 1080 garbage resolution on mm -hmm. a laptop. I, I think that the, the MacBooks are not 1920. Like they're, they're, they're a 16 by nine. They're a little bit there, but a three by two aspect ratio is the ideal scenario for that. Um, and and it was smaller on profile than the old curvy hinged, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. whatever that old Surface one was called, uh, because Scott was good enough to do a little profile shot of the old one and the new one. Mm -hmm. I think the new one was on top of the old one, and it, it is significantly smaller. So they've definitely made strides there. The bottom does have a funny shape, I'll admit. It looks a little 
janky. <laughs> I'm sure it has reasons for looking that way. But the big old USB-A ports have been replaced with USB-C ports. He said Lightning 4. You know, that's that's cool. That's, you know, that's as good as it gets, basically. Yeah, <laughs> right and now. Scott did a cool demo where it was powering, this machine was powering two 4K monitors uh, out of the Surface dock, obviously, because it has Lightning on it. And, um, you know, you he's like, you know, he, I guess he built ASP.NET core. He said he, it, it reduced his build time by 30% or something like that by using this machine versus his current, whatever his, you know, desktop machine is or whatever he was. I don't know what the comparison yeah. was, but his side by side was everything is faster. He's like, yeah, to rebuild my website, like nine seconds or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. some bananas. So I, I thought that was, I liked that we got C sharp and .NET in a surface event keynote. Like, come on, that's cool. <gasps> I missed that. Where, where, when, when would it happen? Was that Scott? Oh, Scott yeah. did it. He was showing his blog. I noticed that. I didn't like his naming convention. He had a <laughs> class called like V3 page or V4 page, and the V was lowercase. And I almost wrote into Scott to complain about that lowercase V, but I kept it positive because I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah, like when you see it, he, t- he talks about it. He talks about all the stuff that he builds and all this other stuff. I thought it was, it was nice, you know? Um, he had, yeah. a, he had a lot of hidden gems in there too. I don't want to talk about it, but if you study his, you could look at the background. There's stuff that's in his space, but there's stuff that Scott placed in that space, oh. um, which is oh, nice boy. little, nice little, uh, I, I wouldn't have known, but I was on a call with Scott today and he's like, see what I did there. See what I did there. I was like, okay, Scott, oh. you're clever, <laughs> cheeky. Cheeky, Mr. Hanselman. I like it. Begin the forensics. Yeah, I the first cheeky part I noticed was he had all these like multicolor consoles running in Visual Studio. Yeah. In my day, Visual Studio's console was two colors, black and white. And now he's running all these ANSI graphics in them. I just found that kind of hilarious. I'm like, way to show off, Scott. Yeah, uh, it's always fun to yeah. see that. My favorite part, though, you ready for this? Removable SSD options. You can remove okay. the SSD. You get it's no. You, there's a remove. What? You can upgrade the what? SSD later. What is this? 1999. What's going on here? Why, why would you ever want to remove a part of your computer? You need that part for the to compute. Got to right? upgrade. Upgrade it. You oh. can upgrade this device, Frank. It's happening. What? Yeah. No. Define yep. your terms. I don't know what you mean. You can, <laughs> can, you I can change up- the monitor. No, with the SSD you can upgrade. That's it. Just the <laughs> SSD, Frank. That's it. Okay, that's actually cool. I'll, I'll stop making fun. Uh, is it like one of those NVMe kind of shaped drives? How do you actually physically do it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, hold on. There's a there's a slide to rotate. Can I see it upside down? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. but It's doable, though. Okay. Yeah, you can do it. I'm looking. I'm scrolling further. It's got a really big trackpad. Very happy about that. Um, they said a trackpad... Oh, haptics. So they said this was Microsoft's first trackpad with haptics, mm, yep. which made me wonder, uh, does that mean they removed the actual physical buttonness and now they're doing the Apple trick of clicks are haptic clicks? Mm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Apple actually has been pretty much ruling in the touchpad department. So I love to see Microsoft up their game a bit there. Yeah. The thing that I found really interesting was they added haptics to the Pence. I keep calling it a pencil. I apologize. Pen. Uh, the pen, <laughs> uh, which is the sorry, I just have to laugh at marketing people. They say in the demo that you could feel the texture of the paper as you draw. I love to draw. Are you a sketcher person? Do you like to draw? No, no, I'm not okay. a sketcher. No, 
<laughs> I love to draw with pencils. My mom's a painter, but I prefer to draw with pencils. Mm-hmm. And it is a very distinct feel. And no, computers cannot do it. If you are a good artist working with a digitizer, tra- chances are you've trained yourself to work with a digitizer. It is absolutely nothing like reality. It's nothing like how a real pencil works. Uh and a lot of that is for feedback, force feedback, haptics, whatever you want to call it. And so I actually am really interested in that. What they can't do is provide friction between the pencil and the screen, but maybe you can trick your fingers into thinking <laughs> there's a friction there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to at least trying that out in a store, or stealing yours or someone, whoever, whoever I can get my hands on. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I thought that was a really nice feature overall um of it and and of course that the the uh pen hides on all these devices so like in the uh on the laptop studio it is kind of under the little notch underneath so like right where your space bar is like kind of underneath there it tucks in and then on the the surface pros uh it actually tucks in to the keyboard up top and and it folds under and it charges it at mm. the same time which is pretty banana uh, and really cool. I thought that was a nice, nice hidden touch of, of out of sight, out of mind, but that, that is there when you need it. And yeah, the haptic thing, I was like, wow, that's surprisingly kind of awesome because it does make sense that there would be some feedback there when you're pressing on these devices. I thought that was a very nice touch. Yeah. And they had the nice eraser mode. I haven't upgraded to the Apple pencil two yet. And I can't remember if that's a feature or not, but you just flip the pen over and it acts as an eraser it's one of those like such an obvious features that every time i use my apple pencil version one i'm like why doesn't this do that it's such an obvious feature yeah neat to see the state of the art advance boy oh boy so what do we have to do as developers can we just enjoy this hardware you think and just keep on doing what we're doing uh, keep on trying. I mean, if you are an Android developer, you can optimize your applications for dual screen and foldable devices. Uh, the Microsoft homepage, I'll put a link in there. It has, it's just called like dual screen development. And it is for every, every different type of developer, no matter what you're building with, you can um, get information on how to light up that feature. And it's, it's not a, some of the things are specific for Duo, but in general, it's more about creating an ecosystem and getting all the apps updated. But yeah, everything else should just work. Windows 11, that should work. I'm assuming that for Windows 11 with WinUI, I don't know if you have to recompile against the latest SDK, or I don't know how that'll work for you know Xamarin and Maui apps. Like Maui mm-hmm. apps are built on WinUI 3, so that should just work. But I don't know if I need to do that, that Apple thing, which is you need to compile your app on the latest OS with the latest Xcode mm. to mm. get the latest UI. I'm not sure how that works. I, I need to test it. I can test it with my stream timer probably at some point once I get the Windows 11 stuff up and running fully. I'm just have the betas right now. So, but yeah, everything comes out in October. It's like it's happening pretty much. It's crazy. And you can pre-order now <laughs> according yeah. to them. Like I couldn't find the link. Maybe we can insert Microsoft.com. I couldn't find it. Microsoft.com. That's where you Oh. Go. Oh, is that like a startup or something? Yeah, you know how you like you go to Apple.com when you're like, oh, I want to find the you go to Microsoft.com. It's the same thing. Now I gotta I gotta talk about this because they did a whole video on the adaptive kit for Microsoft Surface. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've neglected to do this. Let me start by saying 
I think they should have just put these symbols on everything. And I'm jumping ahead. I'm not even mentioning what these symbols are, but I love this part. And I, I wish every keyboard just had this built in. But now you, you please explain what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah, so this is um, make Surface devices more accessible. It's $25. It's mostly, it's a little kit. It's built out of mostly recycled plastics from the ocean. And the idea is that this kit is made of various stickers and labels they can help individuals um, that are blind or with other disabilities um, navigate the Surface devices. And some of these are generic, so it can be for everyone. Uh, so for example, there's a little like sticker that you might put on your charging cable, and then you would put a similar uh, sticker, and they have symbols on them. So when you touch them, they have similar uh, symbols on them that you can pair with it. Um, you would put that next to the port on the... Uh, surface device so you can line those up uh, which I just think is like really really uh, neat uh, and then there are these other symbols uh, that's like an x a minus sign a circle and a dot that can help you identify keys and other ports other devices that you might put into it so you can basically modify your device quickly um, to spend more time just like working on it and I think there's another one like an attachment that you can put on the top um, that will help people uh, open the device. So, uh, for example, uh, if it's if it's a laptop, you put this little like lanyard on the top of it, and it, it helps individuals that maybe have some disabilities, um, like maybe they have like uh, one hand, for example, or, or one arm. It help you like open the device uh, on uh, while it's sitting down. Uh, so all these nice little touches, and they had someone uh, there, um, with, with disabilities talking about how they use this and how they worked with Microsoft on it. So I just thought it was really, really neat, really, um, just a nice little touch because when we think about the world, of disabilities, we're, everyone's making these amazing devices, but not, you know, you want to make them so everybody can use them. Yeah. And you saw that with the Xbox, um, the, it's the Xbox adaptive controller, um, for yeah. individuals that are disabled. And it's one of the most amazing devices um, that I've ever seen uh, come out. And so this is just a nice um, addition, you know, 20 bucks really uh, helps individuals um, use the devices. Yeah. And here's where I'm thinking, I think it would help everyone. Um, it's kind of like a joke in accessibility that if you add accessibility features to your app, they generally help everyone <laughs> because it turns out software is hard to use and the computer industry has had a bad track record of creating actually usable user interfaces. There was a really good line in the presentation. I don't know if it's an original line or something, but it goes, uh, when you don't intentionally include we unintentionally exclude. Yeah. And man, what a line. What a line. Because that's what it is. It's not that we're like intentionally making our software hard for people to use. That's no one has that intention. But unintentionally, yeah, we do it all the time, constantly. I I I'm definitely guilty of this. I felt a pain of guilt when they said that line because wow, what I mean way to get down to it. It's you have to think through all these things. Next, uh, I'm reminded of those um, OXO line of kitchen products, OXO mm, grip OXO. products. Do you know those? Yeah. Uh, I think they were originally developed for people that had um, 
uh, you know, you just couldn't grip, obviously enough. So whatever was causing that. But it turns out that is just a more comfortable tool to use for everyone. <laughs> because guess what? If it's if they made gripping easier, then that's going to be easier for everyone. And I feel like that's why I kind of wish Microsoft said, no, we're just putting these symbols all over the keyboard. We're putting these symbols mm-hmm. all over the products. They're going to be raised in boss or yeah, there'll be whatever extrusions, there'll be embossings, whatever it takes. Uh, I'm hoping we'll get to that point because although I love these uh, stickers. I love that you can attach them to things. Me personally, I'm constantly labeling everything on my computers because again, I'm getting old. I like color coding. <laughs> I like being able to attach things very quickly and know exactly what they are. And this is exactly that. This is like a Microsoft version of that. But I kind of would just wish like as an industry, we would just start putting that on the product itself because mm. we don't, <laughs> I, I don't need my perfectly smooth extruded aluminum case. You know, it's okay if it has um an embossing on it or something that tells me don't plug in here do plug in there this is the you know right now our keyboards have what a tiny little nub on the f key and a tiny little nub on the j key Mm -hmm. uh maybe that was good in victorian times i don't know but we can do way better today and in the mechanical keyboard world you see this people are doing textured keys you know uh, and it, it doesn't have to be Braille. I can't read Braille. A lot of people can't read Braille. But, you know, just a few hints. You know, why, why don't the arrow keys feel like arrows? Things like that. So I'm all for this. I, I hope we keep continue to make strides in this direction. Yeah, you know, like the uh, Xbox uh, Series X and Series S came out. And what they did on the back of the device is um, they actually put uh, indicators like little bumps basically Mm -hmm. to indicate what the port is. So on the back, there's inputs for power for HDMI and like ethernet. And each of those have a different number of dots associated with them and like, and, um, uh, USB ports. So based on the number of dots you can know right away like what that port is and what it is so it's just again it it folds into the, the design to let you know that here is where this thing is at and and what it is so uh, if you're just feeling around and you can't see it or read it you can you can it makes it more accessible um so again that's like a nice design it's like built into the hardware right and mm-hmm. i don't ever see the back of my device and i don't really need it. it's not it's and to me it's you know not doesn't take away it adds to it that it's going to help individuals get their xbox set up and working correctly which is so so cool you know i mean especially that scenario i don't know about you but all my like home entertainment electronics are in a very dark pile in the corner of the room that Mm -hmm. i have (laughs) and i'm always like sticking my fingers back there praying that i don't shock myself or anything but trying like that kind of feels like an ethernet port let's assume it is and start jamming things into it yeah that just makes perfect sense i didn't know about that that's clever so good job microsoft killing it microsoft run on trust okay want everyone to be included <laughs> oh man, I hope they're they're paying for an advertisement on this episode. <laughs> Microsoft, I work there. There's your advertisement. Not, not I'm not on, on any of these teams. I don't no, I don't do anything. I, I don't do anything. Um I say that as if I have any clue what you'd actually do over there. But yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew. Um well I thought it was a great event. I love that it's back to back event. Uh event September. It's event September. I'm mm-hmm. all about it. I love it because we don't need to come up with topics, but you can tell us what you want us to talk about. 
head over to mergeconflict.fm. There's a contact button. There's a Discord. There's a Patreon. There's all the things. We'd love it. If you do like this podcast and you want to help us out and you're like, whoa, this is cool, you can share it with someone. That would be rad. Or you can uh, write a review. Maybe if you're over on the Apple Podcasts, you're on Stitcher or wherever else you can leave a podcast, give that little you know thumbs up and uh, five stars and a little review. Let us know what you think. It, it does legit help other people find the podcast. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Let's go buy some new devices, Frank. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.